Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now remember, Paul is in prison in Rome. He's chained to two guards. He doesn't even know whether he'll live or die. And he's writing this amazing letter to the church back at Philippi. And the whole letter is about one thing, the whole letter. And we see what it's about in Philippians chapter four, where you've turned in verse four. Here's what Paul says from prison. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say again, rejoice. Think about your worst day. Whatever it was, it was probably pretty awful. Would your response to that day be to rejoice? Probably not. And yet the Apostle Paul chained to two Roman guards 24 hours a day with his life in the balance can encourage the readers of this letter to rejoice. Pastor Mark will be teaching about how you can receive from God the ability to have the same temperament as Paul did. You'll be told what you have to do, what you must discard from your life so that you can put on the mind of Christ. That will allow you to be the witness to the world God wants you to be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 with part 1 of his message, Rejoice in One Thing. We study the Bible here. We don't get USA Today or we're not looking at Time Magazine. We're studying God's Word. And if you didn't bring one with you, you need one. You definitely don't want to look at me for the next hour. You'll be bored out of your mind. You'll go to sleep. Then I'll have to wake you up. So just get your Bible. Raise your hand like this. And we'll show you where to turn. You're going to actually turn to the book of Philippians. Go to the New Testament, the book of Matthew. Almost halfway through is the book of Philippians. Just get those Bibles, and we're going to study God's Word together. How many of you here love to ride roller coasters? In fact, the bigger the better. There they are. I hope you have life insurance, you guys that do that. Actually, I'm okay with roller coasters. I enjoy it. Many of you that didn't raise your hand, you'll understand this next statement. All of us ride a roller coaster every day. It's called the roller coaster of life. It looks about like this picture. You see, the range of circumstances in our lives every day is like this huge roller coaster. You can be one day at the top, top of the world, and everything is fantastic. You're just rejoicing, you're happy, everything's great, and within hours, The whole world has bottomed out. You see, we live a real life. And these circumstances, this roller coaster that we do, 
can really be divided into two areas. The little things of life that just drive us crazy. The little things of life. Let me give you a couple examples. Uh, This week, from Monday to Friday, I took my wife, after we've been married 45 years, on an anniversary cruise. We haven't been on a cruise in 30-some years. We've been on cruises in Greece when we take people to footsteps of Paul, but never here. So we went. We were having a great time down in Miami, just went for a few days, and uh, we were uh, eating on the second evening, and I bit into the meat, and I said, man, this is a great meat. I'm like, crunch, what is that? My tooth broke in half. I was just praising the Lord. It's wonderful. It's not a problem. Not a problem. After the cruise, which was fantastic, four days later, we uh, took the, the shuttle back to the parking lot. We'd park off-site so we could save half the price. It was great. And uh, we got there, and the shuttle had lots of people, and it drove right on by us and left us off in front of our car. And I took my beeper and Nothing worked. There was nobody around. We couldn't even get in our car except for one door. And I had to use the key. Anybody remember how to use a key for a door? (laughs) The battery was 100% dead. It was a battery a little over a year old. So I was rejoicing times two. (laughs) Praise God, this is exciting. (laughs) Except you need to understand that two of the cars next to us were jammed. And there was no way to get to anything. And you can't back the car up. And I didn't have jumper cables. But I had State Farm. So I called them. They said, we'll get back to you. We'll try to find somebody. Of course, then they called back and said, "Uh, how tall is the garage? Because most of the trucks can't get into the garage to get to your... I'm thinking, this is good. And I'm happier even more. I'm just enjoying the Lord. And then the guy came back in one of the vans and... He actually got out of the car and went up to the front. He said, well, I I can give you a jump, but I'm not sure how to get to it. I said, I'm mechanical times minus six. But I said, well, you can't get it here, but you could go around down below us and bring the thing back up this way. And he did. Started the car, and away we went. Praise God. Now, why did I go through that? Because I was teaching on joy. And God says, let's see how you do. I'm changing my title next week to something else, I'll tell you that right now. So we all understand that. We all have these little crazy things that drive us nuts. But we also have big things in the roller coaster of life. A doctor's report. A sudden death of a friend or a family. The notice that the plant is shutting down. Terrible car wreck. Upside down in our mortgage and on and on it goes. Well, how do we handle, how do we respond these ever-changing circumstances from the smallest little funky stuff that always happens in our lives to these devastating changes that come so quickly? Well, that's what Paul writes about. Now, remember, Paul is in prison in Rome. He's chained to two guards. He doesn't even know whether he'll live or die. And he's writing this amazing letter to the church back at Philippi. And the whole letter is about one thing. The whole letter. And we see what it's about in Philippians chapter 4, where you've turned. 
In verse 4, here's what Paul says from prison. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say again, rejoice. Now notice that Paul doesn't say, be happy. And I say again, be happy. Why? Because happiness and joy are very different. I'd like you to write this down and then eventually transfer it to this verse in your Bible because this will always then stick with you. Here's how you define happiness. Happiness depends on what happens in our lives. Notice the first part, H-A-P-P. There's H-A-P-P again. Happiness depends on what happens in our lives. In other words, happiness centers on these earthly circumstances of life and how things are going here and right now. But Paul doesn't say that. Paul doesn't say have joy in your current circumstances. He doesn't say be happy in your current circumstances. Paul says this, have joy in the Lord. So the next thing you want to write then, here's the huge difference of joy. Happiness depends on what's happening. Joy depends on God. Basically, joy is a confidence that God is in control of every aspect of my life, regardless of the consequences. God is in control, and because of that, I have a settled confidence. Eventually, it's going to be all right. Now, in the original language, rejoice in the Greek language, is a command. It's not something that it's a choice. It's a command. And it's a command in the present, and it means this. Keep on rejoicing. And notice Paul says, I'll say it again, rejoice. So what he's saying is, it's a lifestyle, and it's a choice. I can choose to be joyful. I can choose to be joyful today. And when the tooth falls out, forget it. Or it can be a lifestyle. So the next thing you want to write is simply this. Joy is a choice. It's a choice that I make. I respond to the command. And it's also, it's a lifestyle. It's something that I'm doing on a regular basis. It's, it's part of my lifestyle. Vier and Oviedo, Sebastian and up in the work camp. Now, why does Paul repeat the statement? Notice what he says. He says, rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll I'll say it again, rejoice. Now, the reason he says that is because he knows when he writes to the people, they're going to say something like this, just like you and I would. Okay, Paul, you say to rejoice in the Lord. I get it. But what about what I'm going through right now? Well, Paul immediately answers it, and he says it like this. I'll say it again, rejoice in the Lord. It doesn't have anything to do with your current circumstances. Now, whenever you and I see a command from God in the word, that might seem a stretch for us. But anything God commands, God enables us to do. So I can't use the excuse, well, yeah, but God, if you knew what I was going to, he does. I can't rejoice. Yes, you can. So can I. Because anything that God commands us to do, 
he enables us to do. So how does he really define that? If I'm not to be joyful in the circumstances of life, what does that really mean? And here's the key to the whole teaching today. So write this down. Christ follower, rejoice in one thing, just in one thing. Not all the circumstances, not the ups, not the down, not the great, not the disasters. In one thing, in the Lord. So what Paul is saying, and I want you to look at me because you need to hear this. The answer to life and all of life's problems is found in the statement, in the Lord. In the Lord means a personal, living vibrant relationship with God. And that goes back to a concept that Jesus taught in John 15. So if you'll turn to John 15, let's see what it means practically in in the Lord. Now, let me just bring you up to speed. When Jesus was here, as he was walking with his disciples for three years... Vineyards were very much in Israel, as they are today. So Jesus loved to use practical illustrations to get a spiritual principle into the lives of people. He used this, and we'll see what that looks like as Jesus begins teaching. Now look at John 15, verse 1. Jesus says this, speaking about a vineyard. I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He, the father, God, cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, on the overhead is the metaphor, the picture of what Jesus was trying to say. Let's define it, and then it will make a lot of sense to you in the Lord. If you look there, you see the branch. It's in the ground. It has all the nutrients. And connected to the vine is this little teeny branch that comes down. So the vine is here, goes into the ground. Vine is in the ground. Here's the little branch. And what's on the end of the branch? What do you see up there? Grapes. It's fruit. So you and I are the branches. We're the branches. The vine is Jesus. And the gardener is who? Tell me. God. So what you see is the gardener's in charge of the vineyard. And the branch, which is you and me, we are connected to the vine. And in that connection, it's personal. It's a real connection. And because of that, the life source from that vine passes on to the branch and then eventually into fruit. Now, when Jesus says, he cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, he's not talking about grapes. He's talking about spiritual fruit. They would get it. You and I can get it. If you look at those grapes... What that is, there's really five kinds of fruit that God produces through us. I'll leave that there and just speak them to you. We're only going to talk about one today. Our godly witness, 
how we share the fruit of our lips to share the good news, our godly character, which we'll see very clearly in a moment, the works that God, Ephesians says that you and I were created to do good works, so that's, that's fruit for God. Our giving, as we give of our tithes and offerings, that's godly giving, that's fruit from our lives. And last, what you just did a few moments ago is godly praise, the fruit of my lips to praise God. So all of that fruit is, has really to do with me becoming like Christ. And let me show you what that fruit looks like in the Bible with words. So take a look at the next verse, and this is in the book of Galatians, and notice what it says. The fruit of the Spirit. That which God produces in me because I'm attached to the vine is love. And love is then expressed in these other characteristics. Right after love, joy. So Paul says, have joy in the Lord. So what that means is that joy is a part of being connected to Jesus Christ in a personal relationship. God will produce that, but not only that, notice what else he'll produce. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, ah, self-control. Remind you of that when the third piece of pie comes by you on Thursday. Self-control. Now, when you think about this fruit, this is what God wants to do in your life. In my life, in this room here in Melbourne, there's two kinds of people. Everybody that's a Christian, born again, asked Jesus Christ to forgive them their sins, and is have him come and live inside of us, is connected. It's a live, vibrant relationship. We're connected with God. Now, there's, that's many of you. Some of you yet, there is no connection. It's not really here. You've never, you, you might believe in God, but it's not a vibrant personal relationship. Now, the Bible uses an interesting term as we go through this. How is that branch, that little branch there, how is it connected into that vine? It uses the word abide. Let me give you a word as you look at it, and I think it'll make sense. And this is kind of an everyday word. My relationship with God is I hang in there with God. Make sense? I'm just hanging with him. I'm connected to him. And when I'm connected to him, lots of good things are going to happen in my life, as well as I'm going to produce fruit. Fruit that makes God, the gardener, look what? Look good. When people go by, they go, wow, look at that vineyard. Well, how did that happen? The gardener. The gardener took care of of those branches to make sure they were very productive. So as you see that, we're going to define some things for you. Well, look down at verse 4. Here's that first word we talked about, abide, remain, hang. Notice what it says in verse 4. Jesus says this, remain in me, hang with me in that relationship, and I'll remain in you. Now, this is a no-brainer. Look at the next statement. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
Then he says it again, I am the vine, you are the branches. Notice the next word, if a man, a woman remains in me, abides in me, and I in him, notice the proof statement. He, she will bear much fruit. So if I hang with God, And he hangs with me, and we have this vibrant relationship, it's living, it's not religion, it's a relationship, then I will absolutely produce fruit. God will produce it through my life. But notice he ends verse 5 again with a very simple statement. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So look at me for a moment. Let's Let's take this branch and this is the vine, and we're connected. This is Jesus. We're connected. It's a personal relationship. If I'm not connected, I'm a branch. Okay, how long before the branch is dead? Not long. And if there was fruit, what happens to it? It shrivels up. You have raisins, and then you have nothing. You see, what he's saying is, watch me. This is very important. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Because my source of life is from who? Jesus. God. The source is not me. It's God in me is the source. So he reminds us again, and this is what an unbeliever is. An unbeliever is a branch trying to find purpose and meaning and source. It doesn't work. You have to have a personal connection. Now, here's the definition, and I'd ask you to write it this morning, what Jesus is really saying. When he says the word remain and abide, it's meno in the Greek, but here's what it means. Remain, continue, follow me. In other words, follow me connected. And bottom line, it simply means this. You and I, as a Christ follower, have an ongoing, vital relationship. Now, let me remind you, A branch doesn't bear fruit by struggling, but by abiding. That relationship affords me the fruit of the Spirit. Also, it doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that we're just passive. Well, how are you doing, Pastor Mark? I'm doing great. And I say to you, how are you doing in your life? Any fruit happening? No, I'm just kind of hanging with Jesus. That's not what we're talking about here. It means that my activity is passive, but it's based on the power of God in me. As I'm teaching you this morning, I'm not just hanging passively here. I've been studying about 20 hours this week. I've been asking God to speak to my heart, and I'm sharing with you his truth. It's not my words, but it's his truth and his power that is going to your life. So see, that's the same for you in all the areas that you live, the way we share the gospel, the way we live, the way we parent, the way we work. So the branch must remain in the vine to have life and produce fruit. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you that life is a roller coaster. You also learned the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on circumstances while joy is based on God and your decision to embrace joy. As a Christ follower, you're told to rejoice in one thing, the Lord. As you do that, you'll find that all the fruit of the Spirit will be demonstrated through your life. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next part of this teaching, Rejoice in One Thing, Pastor Mark will continue to teach about tapping into Jesus as the vine and letting Him live His life through you. Pastor Mark will share what it means to abide in God and why it's important to do that. You'll hear what things you, as a Christ follower, need to focus on to continue to receive God's active power in your life. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.